family struggling with a recent loss of faith discovers a massive crop circle has appeared in their cornfield overnight. Hundreds of crop circles have appeared in fields across the world, pointing to, incredibly, an invading alien race. Everything we believe about who we are and where we come from is about to change in the 2002 sci-fi thriller Signs. I'm Connor Zagari. I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. This week's episode is M. Night Shyamalan's third film and one of his best, the 2002 nightmare-inducing horror thriller Signs. Shyamalan's got a new one this week, Knock at the Cabin, which hits theaters this Friday. We're all hoping it doesn't suck ass, but his track record is regrettably against him. Uh, Still, this felt like a good opportunity to revisit a film that scared the hell out of me when I was a child and has never really stopped since. Uh, Colton, what's your history with Signs? Oh, um, I think I saw the village first and I really liked it. I liked the twist ending. And then I remember always uh, we used when I used to live back home, we had a copy of signs and the cover always really freaked me out. So I never wanted to watch it. But one day I had a couple friends over and um, I was like, um, my dad always talks about this movie that he's so scared of the fourth kind. It's terrifying. And then we watched it and my friend was like, that's dog shit have you seen signs and i was like no i don't want to watch it and he put it on and blew my mind i couldn't sleep for days <laughs> yeah this movie gets in your head it's the most realistic alien invasion movie i've ever seen like if aliens invaded the planet this is what it would look like yeah yeah this is like to me this is the alien movie um i think it has it's everything is perfect it's a farmhouse crop circles uh weird alien language uh abduction type shit it's it's a good movie well i always like the idea of like large global cataclysmic events that are focused on just one family like seeing you know alien invasion through the eyes of just a family dealing with a loss and how this affects their grief and starts to make them you know question the way they see the world I, i think that's great i think it's a great character study and i always wonder like what happened like after this, M. Night Shyamalan just, yeah, what it's like he had to deal with the devil for three good movies. He got the sixth sense, he got unbreakable, he got signs, and then the deal was up. He had to try on his own. He managed to accomplish it, I think, with the village. And then everything after that was just horrible. Yeah. Until I, Split. And then Split was good. But then again, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't seen Unbreakable, um, but I did see Split. I know the gist of Unbreakable, so I like recognized the character, and I was like, "Oh, it's cool. He's gonna." Didn't he like want to make like some adventure, Avenger universe or something? He wanted to make like a superhero thing. Yeah, when Unbreakable came out, that was intended to be the first part of a superhero series, where like this was the origin movie, and then part two was going to be like the real movie, where David Dunn is a superhero. I don't know, Captain Train Survivor or some shit, but uh, the Unbreakable didn't do that great. So uh, everyone was like, eh, what else you got? And he was like, but I want to do my thing. So he wrote Split. He started thinking, oh, this could be the next thing. And then he threw David Dunn at the end of that. And everyone was like, holy shit, this is the sequel to Unbreakable. And everyone was like, we want another one. And so he did Glass. And then everyone oh, yeah. was like, that was shit. What happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that. So yeah, so uh, I've seen Split, Unbreakable. No, Split, The Village, Signs. 
and uh, um, unfortunately, The Last Airbender. Um, yeah. Oh, and I've seen The Sixth Sense. This is an unpopular opinion, but I've seen Sixth Sense so many times that I can't sit through it anymore. I recognize it as a fantastic and a very well-made movie, but I fucking can't watch it anymore. I get so bored. Just because, like, once you know the twist, it, it, it it's, it's just so fucking boring. <laughs> but oh. that, that's just my opinion. Well, and then also, I... uh, sometimes... Uh, and by sometimes I mean twice. I uh, put on the Last Airbender just to watch a shitty movie and just to laugh at it, you know, because it's just so bad. It, it's not even good. <laughs> I I respectfully disagree about the Sixth Sense. That movie, really, I think it's a I think it's brilliant. I it makes me cry. I think it's a beautiful drama. Has just the right amount of horror. I think if you do, I think if you know the twist, you see little things that make the movie more worthwhile. Like yeah. little things where he just, you know, his wife doesn't talk to him. He doesn't pick anything up. Nobody ever talks to him except the kid. Like little things like that. Yeah. I, and I, res- oh, I, I respected that the first 10 times I saw the movie. And then it start, slowly started to fade. Yeah, fair enough. I, movies can do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to revisiting that on, uh, on, beyond, on uh, Oscar Sunday this weekend. Uh, the Sixth Sense in like in an Oscar mindset will be mm. fun. Uh I've seen pretty much all of his good movies. I've seen Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, The Village, many times. Split, I loved. And in terms of his shit detail, I have seen the I saw the last airbender in 3D at the movies. No. I've never seen Avatar, the last airbender of the series. I know nothing about that. What? Yeah. This I was going in blind. I was like, my uncle was like, hey, we're going to the movies. And I'm like, all right. And that's what they went to see. And I thought it was horrible. I had no frame of reference, but I was like, I can tell some people are going to be pissed about this. Yeah, don't, please, please don't take the movie and apply it to the series. <laughs> the series is like just, un- oh my God. It the, the, the movie is dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I don't, you don't have to be like, I'm sure fans were way more pissed about that, but me just being, you know, a moviegoer, I was pissed because it was just a bad movie. <laughs> like it's a horrible adaptation, I'm assuming, but it's also just a terrible fucking movie. It's a really bad movie. Yeah. There was that. Um, I've seen Old, which was looked promising, but was terrible. Uh, Lady in the Water, I want to give another chance. Everyone hates it. I thought it was kind of neat the first time I saw mm. it, but I don't remember anything about it. Uh, never saw The Happening, never saw After Earth, never saw uh oh was after earth his yeah that was one of his that was oh yeah. I, I i've seen that i didn't like it <laughs> I, yeah nobody did i figured that was gonna be <laughs> terrible uh the visit was weird oh fuck was that him too i that was that was him too <laughs> i kind of like that one yeah it wasn't bad it was just like i didn't need the diaper on the kid's face i didn't need that that kind of took no. me out i was like no. oh, okay i don't like this anymore <laughs> yeah um he produced a movie called devil back in 2010 that had a really cool premise. Oh, the uh, elevator movie. Yeah. 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 But I didn't like the execution. I was like, I can smell M night on this. This is not, you know, <laughs> it's not <laughs> unfolding the way this should unfold. So at this point, I'm like, what has to happen for this dude's career to collapse? Cause he has done some of the worst movies of all time. Yeah. And he's still here. He's still kicking. He's still turning out box office numbers. I don't understand. Uh, We'll see if Knock at the Cabin is the, you know, nail in the coffin, but I doubt it. Even if it sucks, we will see him again. 
I will say he does have like a, like you said, you could smell him in Devil. He definitely has like a. You can tell when um. Well, I guess I fucking couldn't. Um, but he has a. You can always tell when you're watching a Shyamalan movie, and it has a, a little. I don't know, a little twinkle. I don't know. It, they all have good premises, but they all the payoff doesn't work. Well, that's because I think, you know, he peaked with the sixth sense and everyone was like, you know, holy shit, this is the greatest plot twist of all time. So he just kept trying to do that again. Some kind of twist to be like, aha, you thought you were watching this, but you're really watching this. And he kept doing that and it yeah. got old really fast. Yeah. <laughs> now he's kind of stuck in this pigeonhole of like, if he doesn't have a twist, people are like, well, where's the twist? Like the only reason I think that the twist in the village works is because it's not, it's a twist, but it's not a twist because like you, you can't see it coming at all. It's like, oh shit, this is modern. Oh, okay. okay fuck yeah, Sure. I guess. Yeah, sure. It worked in the sixth sense because there were hints. There was buildup. There was like, yeah. you know, it made sense. There was, you had that moment, that Kaiser Soze moment of like, oh shit, this is what they were talking about the whole time. Yeah. 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 But the village, it's like, boom, bus. Now what? <laughs> Uh, but yeah um, he's interesting one thing I think that really ties all his films together he has no clue how people talk to each other oh yeah okay yes I realized that when I was watching Signs he's on the phone call and the way that he like explains he's like he's like he's like listen yeah you have to understand my kids are really worked up about this I was like you're that's how you're talking on the phone. <laughs> like, yeah. no, that's not real. I can't hear my children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's everyone's a fucking robot in a Shyamalan movie. The dialogue is so stilted and weird. It never feels conversational, even in his good movies. It's such a yeah. weird tick for a writer to have. You'd think after writing at least three movies, he would start to at least get the gist of how people interact with one another, but he never has. Yeah. I, I guess not. I don't know. Very strange. At least Knock of the Cabin has a co-writer, so maybe that guy's going to rein him in a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh. Um, signs, I want to real quick just share my, my first experience with this film because it's seared into my brain. Um, I've often, I've talked on this podcast many times about my uh, the film Evolution and me getting freaked out by the blue monkey when I was six years old and running out of the theater. Well, it happened again when I saw signs. Um, oh. I was seven years old. I went to the theater with my mom and dad. They wanted to see signs and I was there. So they're like, well, I guess we're seeing signs with Connor. And I was too young to be there. It's, this one's not, evolution. I can't blame them. I can kind of blame them for signs. <laughs> um, we went and see it. I, you know, we were watching it. I'm like, this is kind of boring. I don't know who Mel Gibson is yet. And that scene at the birthday party. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> happened. And I'm, I'm getting the gist. I'm like, okay, aliens. I, I think I know what that is. Space guys. Or I love Mars Attacks. And I was like, all right, aliens. I got it. <laughs> then I'm like, these guys aren't funny and shooting lasers. There's something bad about these guys. I don't like this. And the birthday party scene happens and that fucking alien, it's, 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 it's the greatest scene he's ever made. It is so yeah. perfectly paced. It just pops out for a second and your blood stops. And you're just like, like the first time you see this, you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And at the time, my instinct was, ah, and I freaked out 
and I got my dad grabbed me, take, took me out of the theater, took me to the bathroom. It's like, it's okay, buddy. It's, aliens aren't real. It's fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. And I remember if I, we must've gone back to in the theater. Cause it's not like we left my, we go back in and I remember the end where Joaquin Phoenix is beating the shit out of the alien with a baseball bat. I remember thinking, get him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Take him out. Yep. <laughs> so now yeah. it's, it's, it holds a special place in my heart. Cause it's one of the movies that scared the absolute hell out of me to the point where I was screaming, which only happened twice. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty fucking scary movie. Every, every time I watch this movie, I haven't seen it in a, in a while, but I forgot how like chilling it is. I like when that happened, I like got chills. I was like, oh shit, this is because I feel like that's the moment when you realize just the way that the alien is walking. It's like, okay, these people are here to do harm. They're not friendly. Yeah. It is very much like a, it's a hunter. Yeah. It's, it's a hunter in the, in the blind. There's no, yeah, this is an ET. This is just going to end badly. Uh yeah, it's this thing has a great pace. It's you know the, the character development's great. You care about these characters. You you don't want to yeah. see them get killed by these things. You you get just enough aliens, like just enough of the aliens to be freaked out. Yeah, uh, it works. I love this. The news reports of people like the news the newscasters being like, "We can't believe what we're seeing here." Uh, yeah, but not lights in the sky. We we don't know what to do. It's. It's so realistic. <laughs> it really is. I really like that about this film. Is That's why I think this is the alien movie. Yeah. It's the alien invasion movie, without a doubt. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of just digging into this thing. Uh, but first, I do have a question to get the ball rolling a little further here. Yes, sir. As Mulder once said to Scully, do you believe in the existence of extraterrestrials? Yes, dude. There is no way that we are the only things out here. Are you kidding me? We're <laughs> there. I okay. So the way that I see it, I believe aliens exist, but I don't think that like I don't believe in all of the sightings. I believe in some of them, but I don't think aliens are going to come here to take over because as a human race, we're nothing compared to them. I would assume like they don't want to waste their time with us. What do we have that they don't? If they have the ability to travel all the way here from wherever they are, we got nothing on them. We're, I don't think that they see us as a threat at all. So, yeah, you know, we got Ford trucks, Twinkies and blow up dolls. I don't think they're gonna exactly care about us. exactly. <laughs> um, but I all I also um, there's another side of me that kind of believes in. um <sighs> Maybe I don't believe in it, but I like the idea of the Lovecraftian approach to aliens to where, like, maybe we do see them every day, but our human brains cannot perceive them. So they're invisible to us. So, you know, like they're in another dimension, like the fourth dimension that we can't see and all that other stuff. But but yeah, I definitely believe that there's definitely extraterrestrial life out there, but I don't necessarily know what it is. I don't think it's greys or you know, little green men or even these things. Yeah. And I don't trust anybody who claims to have all the answers. There's people who are like, you know, oh, they come from this planet and they're here to harvest our adrenochrome. And, you know, they're going to, they worship (laughs) Satan and they're going to drink our kids' blood. It's like, shut the fuck up. You don't know anything. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, You're just selling books. So 
I don't. That's why I love ancient. I love watching ancient aliens just so I can mock it the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Experts, my ass. Like none of you know. You, you have no idea what you're talking about. You can't be an expert in something that technically does not exist. Yeah. It's that meme. The guy with the crazy hair is like, so basically aliens, yeah. him. It's always yeah. like, you know, white people didn't build it. So clearly it was alien life. And it's like, no, <laughs> yes. It's like, who built the pyramids? I don't fucking know. Slaves. What do you? Yeah. They seem to forget like this shit didn't happen in a weekend. Like this was thousands of years <laughs> yeah. of slave labor just being thrown at a big statue. And when you do that, you get a pyramid. Yeah. But I, I do, I do like the, I don't know, the aesthetic of, oh, like ancient aliens. Like, oh, they built the pyramids. There's a UFO under them. That's why I kind of liked Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, just because it like it touches on that, you know, the yeah. ancient extraterrestrial ter- terrestrials coming down to Earth. I would love if it like we found definitive evidence in like the Amazon of like, you know, yeah. a, the, the god of serpents was like a grand alien who left behind like a video camera of like, so here's what we did. Here's how we did it. Peace out. We'll see you in 2000 years. That would be yeah, great. Exactly. <laughs> the way that I feel about aliens is if they had definitive proof, like 100% concrete proof that aliens don't exist, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay. But if an alien landed and was like, hey guys, we're here just so you guys know, but we come in peace. I'd be like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like I, I, w- I want to, I want it to happen. I want to see first contact. I think that would be incredible. It'd be terrifying. It'd be the scariest shit that ever happened. But I think eventually yeah. if, you know, they turned out to be, more close encounters and less independence day. I think, you know, it'd be fun. I would, if they did come down and they were like, we're going to kill everyone who doesn't obey us. I'd be like, awesome. Can I get you a glass of water? Um, do you need a, a bed? Or I'm going to shine your shoes. I'll do anything you want, but yeah. please don't kill me. I will kneel before Zod in a heartbeat. I don't want to <laughs> <Yes>. die. Oh, <laughs> uh, exactly. Have you, have you heard of the, of the Dogon people? No, I have not. Okay, uh, so basically, it's a tribe of people in on an island, um, on an island or in Africa. I don't, I don't know, but basically, they have had no contact with like our civilization, uh-huh. and yet they say that they've encountered aliens and they've predicted almost everything. Well, not almost. No, they've predicted a lot of stuff that's happened, and a lot of their science is like legitimate and, and true, like. Hmm. They knew that the Earth rotated around the Sun before we did. Like if they, they had have... no, if they've had no contact with people who. So before this, like they like people found the tribe and they started studying them, but they knew about the solar system. They knew about all the planets, but they have no like modern technology. It's really creepy. I, if if you're into that kind of stuff, look into it because they're uh they're they're like a, a tribal people. They don't have like technology like we do. That's terrifying. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, when they find crazy, you know, incredibly complex artifacts that are thousands of years old, but resemble like modern computer chips, it it makes you think like, you know, maybe maybe not aliens, but is there like, you know, an intelligent civilization that existed before Sumeria that we that was just like erased from the yeah. earth and maybe we're finding evidence of them? Like, yeah, I don't know. And anyone who claims they do is full of shit. Remember that. Exactly. That's why I do. I love conspiracy theory videos or just stuff like that. Like, like Atlantis. Do I believe in Atlantis? Maybe, but I don't believe that it, you know, like is a, like a city full of fish people under the ocean, but yeah, 
like could have city have you know an ancient city have collapsed into the sea sure absolutely did they you know have time travel probably not (laughs) you know it doesn't have to be because they're lost they're also like super genius space people who just happen to coexist with a bunch of savages like that's i don't think that's how reality works yeah no uh but yeah i love looking into you know alien abduction stories and crazy shit like you know the travis walton story will always freak me Mm -hmm. out uh and i just you know i i want to see proof i just i i like i tell again i'm a big x-files guy i love you know Mulder's whole i want to believe thing it's like you know all i want is an opportunity to believe in this shit but i just you know i need more than just you know joe bob's down the road in oklahoma being like i've done seen it like i need more than that yeah yeah exactly Yeah, I've always wanted to go like uh, to the area fifty one and surrounding areas, you know, just to just because I'm I, I'm into that into that shit, but um, but also scares me. It scares me, but I'm interested. Yeah, like I, it's like I feel the same way about like haunted houses and haunted asylums. It's like probably not real, but am I going to go there at night? Fuck no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because like because i love lovecraftian horror so much i don't want to find out that's what aliens are but that's what i believe they most likely are oh god i hope not i don't want to see like you know video footage of the space shuttle and then like an eye fills the window and then transmission cuts off (laughs) like was i like uh like a monster from bloodborne is behind you stuck to your wall right now but you can't see it because it's in another dimension <laughs> like i don't want that <laughs> i my biggest fear with first contact is that like aliens are going to come down here and be like hey we want to share with you our great technology and help you forward and we're going to be like shoot him in the fucking head <laughs> aliens <laughs> because our pop culture has perpetuated you know us against them kill the beast so are we going to draw you know draw first blood are we gonna start a fucking intergalactic war probably yeah i always wonder like how things like that would go like what what would actually happen like yeah we'd probably shoot them in the face as soon as they landed here but like this the same thing with fucking zombies i don't think it would be it would get as far as it does in movies because we as a society we know what to do with zombies now you shoot them in the head we know what to do with aliens maybe don't shoot them in the head hear them out first I'd like to or think gonna... we would do that. If they land in America, no. If they land in, like, Belgium, things will probably be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll abduct the president of the United States and Jack Black will be there to save the day. I don't know. I'd watch that. <laughs> I had a short story idea um, I was going to write. Uh, copyright, Connor is a Gary. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it was going to be an alien lands on Earth and is like, I, you know, I want to speak to the leader of this planet. And the world leaders meet and bicker and have like a Dr. Strangelove style argument over who runs this place. Who's going to speak to the alien? You know, in America is this like macho motherfucker who's like, it's me, clearly. Who's going to argue that? And France is like, no, 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 you've been top dog enough. Let me talk. And they just argue to the point where the alien's like, uh, I'm going to bounce. Like, you people clearly don't have your shit together. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you guys are a race of people. Yeah. You can't get along. You can't give me one person to talk to. Yeah, exactly. Also, it's customary to provide a meal. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be fun. I'm going to, one day when I have some time, I'm going to put pen to paper and you flesh should. that out. It's like, man, I, I've flown all this way and uh, you guys are just going to argue in front of me? Okay, all right, whatever. 
I even came with gifts. I brought air from my lungs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you're you're rewatching there. I am. <laughs> thought I would squeeze in a little little Doctor Who reference there. Nice. Yeah, this was fun. This was a fun convo. Yeah, I like uh, speculating about aliens and signs. Is one of the movies that always makes me think about like you know how would we handle this and. I wonder if we'd even have time because, you know, the events of signs happen fast, you know, crop circles, yeah. lights in the sky, aliens on earth all happens within like a week and a half. Like we yeah. have no time to react to anything before we're fighting for our lives. Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I'm, when I was watching this, I want them to make a horror game like this. There, There isn't a lot of like alien games. There's destroy all humans, but that's like a funny the funny game, but I want to make like a survival horror game where you are like a farmer protecting your home from aliens. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. Okay. M night will sue you, but it's a good idea. <laughs> I'd want to play. I'd play that. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. That'd be, that'd be great. Yeah, creepy shit. Um, so let's talk a bit about where signs came from. Surprisingly, not a lot written about science production, just kind of like, Apparently, M. Night Shyamalan cited it as the smoothest production he's ever had. Which is funny, when you got Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix there, things went well. Yeah. Uh, The idea came from the hybrid of two ideas that M. Night was working with. One was a family finding a crop circle in their backyard. And the other was just your kind of -of run-of-the-mill end-of-the-world movie. And M. Night was like, huh, combine that shit, you got signs. Uh, the original title for the movie was, uh, vis- I think it was Visitors and uh, The Alien Files or something like that. So, I like signs better. Yeah, it makes way more sense. The Alien Files. Come on, man. <laughs> um, I don't I don't like end of the world movies. Like I don't I didn't like 2012. Um, and that's the only end of the world movie I can think of right now. But I don't like end of the world movies. I love end of the world movies because I <laughs> just so. I'm a cynic at heart who's like, I think in the event of an actual apocalypse, I feel like I would be just like, burn it down, baby. Like, just go ape shit. I feel like I would. So whenever I love these movies, because I get to see how people would react. I thought 2012 was awesome. But it's a fun movie. But like, I'm not like, I'm not like, like, I guess it's all disaster movies. I'm not like, you know, I'm not like, oh, fuck. I'm not fiending to see end of the world movies. I'll see them when they come on. Like I saw Don't Look Up. That was great. Uh, and I saw what's that one that that came out? Oh, Greenland. That one was good. That was, good. but that's it. Yeah, Greenland and, is kind of the same plot as 2012. Yeah. Okay. 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 Fair. Fine. <laughs> I like seeing you know L.A. break in half and the Yellowstone supervolcano explode and a flood take <laughs> out the Himalayas. I'm like, holy shit, this is cool. That movie scared me because I when I was um. Because in 2012, I was 12. I was scared that the world was going to end. And I remember when 2012 rolled around, I was playing Uncharted and at like 11.45 at night. And I was like, I got to stop playing. I got to go spend time with my family. The world's going to end in 15 minutes. I got to (laughs) go. I forgot. I woke up the next day and I'm like, oh, shit, that was supposed to happen yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I remember think like somebody pointed out like you know the, the Mayans didn't have 
the Gregorian calendar, and we've been you know working with that since the Roman times. So if you take that into account, the end of the world was like 1978. Yeah. So by then I'm like, oh, okay, so we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've survived so many apocalypses. It's like old hat now. Y2K, yeah. 2012, COVID, like we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only movie that got in my head was Knowing, 2009, Nicolas Cage. I, th- I seem to remember seeing that, but I don't think I, I have. That just, it approached the apocalypse in such a real way where it was just like, it seemed like there was no way to stop it. You can't build an arc. You can't get in a cave. You can't board up the house. Everything's going to die. And you are just going to have to accept that. And that movie just kind of, when I was driving home from seeing that at the movie, I was like, fuck, I got to do something with my life. Like I felt like time's limited. Like, that one really stuck with me. There's a movie about, uh, I, th- I think it's called Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Just yeah, I saw that. This lonely guy, and he's like, well, fuck, I, w- I want to spend the end of the world with someone. Yeah, so he reaches out to an old girlfriend who like never writes him back, and then, yeah, yeah, that's probably exactly what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apocalypses. Uh, Make you reflective. What's the deal? I can see Jerry Seinfeld make it. I don't know why I just thought of this. What's the deal with Apocalypse? <laughs> if he survives the end of the world, I'm taking him out myself. Yeah. <laughs> I want to live in a world where what's the deal with jokes are gone. Yeah. <laughs> now, I like Jerry Seinfeld. I think he's hilarious. I like the show Seinfeld, not but not because of him. Like because of everybody else, I love the B movie so much. They made there's this YouTube video, you can watch it right now. It's the entire B movie, but it's been redone by different ASMR artists, and it's the funniest thing ever. Oh my god, it was that kind of time. That's A crazy. bunch of ASMR artists. I saw one re edit. It was hilarious. It was you've seen the Lord of the Rings. I assume. Yeah. The scene in Fellowship where they're about to walk out of the Shire and Sam says, if I take one more step, this will be the farthest from home I've ever been. Yeah. Someone edited it. So every time Sam takes another step, he says that. So the movie ends up being like 15 hours long. (laughs) Uh, That's fucking great, dude. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. Yeah. I've never watched it because I don't hate myself that much. There's another edit like that, but it's it's the movie of it's Shrek. But like every five minutes, they change the art style. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I saw one. Somebody took the whole movie of Shrek and turned it into a GIF. What? It's the whole GIF is the entire movie. And then when the GIF is over, Shrek's over and it just goes right back to the beginning of Shrek. That's wonderful. (laughs) Oh, crazy. Um, So for casting. Shyamalan originally cast Mark Ruffalo as Meryl Hess, but Ruffalo had to back out when um, suddenly he had a brain tumor, had to get that removed. Yeah. And I remember reading about this. Uh, he had a nightmare where he had a brain tumor and it freaked him out so much. He called his doctor and was like, I need to get an MRI. And his doctor was like, wow, you were right. You've got a brain tumor. Which is oh fucking God. weird. It's like his brain was warning him like, dude, go see a doctor. We're, we're dying here. And Mark Ruffalo... He's such a cool dude. 
Yeah, he's the best. I love seeing him at red carpet events where he gets like starstruck. Like he forgets he's yeah. famous too. And he's like, oh, my he's God, like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, I'm not just because because he's also like a um he's on some board. Like the like uh protective environment something. Oh yeah. Also. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's an environmentalist. He does a lot of good work there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I just I I like him. He's a solid dude, mm-hmm. and he makes me laugh. I love that he's also like just you know yeah I'll be the Hulk whenever you need it. For people shit on the Hulk on on this new Hulk like the you know Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, I fucking love it, dude. I'm sorry, I know that's unpopular, but I just love Mark Ruffalo. Is such like a he's an awkward guy, and I think it fits with Hulk. That's just me. I didn't know there was a Zerk. There's a group of like dissenters that don't care for the Hulk. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's people who don't like the like the Professor Hulk. They think it's stupid. They don't like that the they don't like that the Hulk is now like dabbing and like wearing cardigans and shit. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's fucking great. Yeah, that's what an awkward Bruce Banner with Hulk's body would be doing constantly. Exactly. Yes. Like, what are you? What are the other options? What you want? Like bloated Jolly Green Giant 2003 Hulk, or do you want? (laughs) Angry emo Edward Norton Hulk, like, yeah. I think we got a good Hulk. Yeah, we did. I'll, I'll take it. it. Uh, but yeah, he had to drop out because he had to get brain surgery. Uh, it was benign, so he was fine. But the fact that he had a nightmare and was like, "I need to go see a doctor," the doctor's like, "Spot on, brain tumor." Probably not with that, you know, not with that tone. But yeah, man, I saw weird. A fucking... the doctor's like, "Hey, man, you got cancer." Like that would yeah. be weird. <laughs> It's like, so good news is don't have a brain tumor. Bad news is lung cancer. <laughs> Let me cash your charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Joaquin Phoenix was cast in his place. And this was, you know, pre I'm still here. JP Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> I'm never going to forget that fucking disaster of a movie. <laughs> I didn't see it, but now I want to. Ugh, it's on Hulu if you want to subject yourself to that. It's an hour it's, 40 of him just being a cringy asshole. Yeah, you know, like, I he, he's a good actor, but he's he's a kind of a pretentious prick, I think, honestly. Yeah, he is. Uh, the role of Graham Hess. Shyamalan wanted an older actor, specifically Paul Newman, Clint Eastwood, yeah. both of whom passed because they were like, we don't want to do an alien movie. We're in our yeah. 80s. Let us, let us die with pride. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Newman that same year did Road to Perdition, one of his greatest films. So I'm glad he passed Make on this. Choice. Yes. yes. And then Clint was like, get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clint actually had scheduling conflicts with another project, so he couldn't do it. But Paul Newman yeah. was really, he was very much like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So they went with Mel Gibson because Shyamalan saw Mel Gibson as, quote, the guy you believe would protect his family at all costs. Huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we also protect all of Scotland, but, you know. Yeah. These aliens may take our lives, but they'll never take <laughs> our freedoms. <laughs> no, dude. Oh, my God. Dude, I didn't know. I didn't know that he made Apocalyptico and Passion of Christ. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's a he's a very accomplished director. He's done some great projects. Uh, you ever see Hacksaw Ridge? He fucking made that too. He directed that one. Yep. Oh shit, dude. Yeah, 
between, you know, all the anti-Semitism and the casual racism and the drunken outbursts, he's, he's done some good work. <laughs> Dude, I am. Um, I usually don't like war movies, but Hacksaw Ridge is, is really good. It's really well made. Yeah, it's a solid story. I love stories of genuine heroes. And that dude, you know, Desmond Doss was a goddamn champion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we got Gibson. We got the two kids. We got uh, Rory Colkin and Abigail Breslin who do a great job. And uh, we just follow these, this family as they realize that the world is probably going to end and there's going to be aliens outside their house. Yeah. <laughs> the film is a huge success, grossing $408 million on a budget of $72 million. It has an IMDb score of 6.8, Letterboxd score of 30, uh, 3.4 out of 5, and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 75%. Critics' consensus reads, With signs, Shyamalan proves once again an expert at building suspense and giving audiences the chills. And I agree. It's a dated review with the once again. I know. It's like, he, Shyamalan has done it again. Nothing's stopping this train. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> kind of sad. <laughs> he thought he was the next Alfred Hitchcock and everyone was just like let's wait and see yeah because what was it it was the sixth sense then unbreakable then this then the village and then what uh after the village I believe was lady in the water and that mm-hmm. was kind of the moment like well that one sucked what else you got and then you had the happening and everyone was like oh so he's, tr- he's stuck here <laughs> is the happening is that the one with Mark Wahlberg right yes yep Fucking, oh my god, dude, that movie. I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips from it. It pisses me off, dude. I'm he he tried to backtrack and say, like, no, 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 I intended it to be a comedy. And everyone was like, shut the fuck up. No, you did not, dude. <laughs> no, you fucking didn't. Oh my god. That's our beyond the bad this week. I'm I'm excited to I've never seen it, but uh <laughs> <laughs> what is it like the plants can talk or something, or the plants can hear you? It's like something in the trees and making people kill themselves. I, I, yeah. I haven't looked into it yet, but that's that's what I heard. And I think Mark Wahlberg is supposed to be like a science teacher. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, with that, let's dig into science. Uh, this has one of the scariest film scores of all time. Yes. James oh Newton Howard God, outdid himself with this shit, man. Recognizable, too. Yeah, like I, I push, I push play. I was getting my, you know, Courtney uh, to crunch out of the Taco Bell bag, and I like stopped. I was like, "Oh shit, I'm watching Signs, dude!" I got like in the mood and everything. It was great. The strings, just like, oh yeah. shit! I start flashing back to being seven years old again, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> every time I watch this, I'm like, <laughs> I just get tense. Nice. Uh, Newton Howard, like, he he composed this before the movie was done. He he based this off of storyboards. He was like, I think I know what you want. And yeah, you did. Oh, wow. Nice job, dude. Most composers usually, you know, they watch the movie and then they're like, all right, let's build something out of this. But he was like, I guess he was like late for something. So he's like, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's creepy. Uh, pops in from time to time. The opening credits always freak me out. Uh, there's a bit on the score called The Hand of Fate. It's like towards the end, kind of evolves into a little more optimistic but uh, mm-hmm. strings and horror scores scare the shit out of me. Yeah. You ever see uh, Twilight Zone, the movie? I haven't seen the movie, but I'm a big fan of the show. And I think the new show, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely not the same. But I, I like I, I like the I've only seen the first episode, I think. I thought it was pretty good. You need Rod Serling with a cigarette. It's like just yeah. 
And that's why things always go awry in the Twilight. Yeah. You need that. Yeah. Uh, but they made a movie in 83. Uh, four directors came together. Uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, John Landis, George Miller, and uh, Joe Dante came together and did a Twilight Zone movie where they all adapted a different story. Hmm. And uh, there's a whole dark history behind that one, which we have done on the show in the past. So check that out, episode out. Um, but the fourth story is Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, the one where like Shatner's on the plane and there's a gremlin on the plane. Oh, yeah. They, they did it with John Lithgow. And it's fucking scary. But the score in that bit is so unnerving. It's all strings. And it's just like, oh, my God, it's so eerie. It's a great movie. Wait, so the movie is just four different stories? Yep. It's four like classic Twilight Zone tales that they've redone in with each director doing their own style on it. And it's pretty good. Is it still black and white? Nope. It's uh it's oh. it's all in color. Um story one is about uh a racist who's like, you know, a Jew took my job or some shit. And he yeah. walks out of the bar and suddenly he's a Jew in 1940s Poland, where he's being hunted oh. by the Nazis. So it's like to teach him a lesson about racism. Oh shit, dude. And that one, three people got killed on that set, including the guy who starred in that. It's a horrible story. Uh don't have time to get into that tonight, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the gist when we're done here. No, oh, man. Uh, then Steven Spielberg does kick the can, which kind of, kind of sentimental. Like a bunch of old people start playing a game and they turn into kids and they're like, ah, oh, we still have our youth. And it was sappy and kind of ruins the, the tone of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like a kid who has psychic powers, like manipulate, turns the world into a cartoon, traps all these people in a bunch of crazy shit. And then we got John Lithgow on the airplane. But it's it's wedged between Dan Aykroyd and Albert Brooks driving through the countryside talking about the Twilight Zone. And oh, wow. the opening scene ends with one of the scariest moments in movie history. And I won't tell you what it is because I don't want you to see it coming. <laughs> oh, is it the fucking jump scare that comes out of nowhere? Maybe. I, like, you want to see something really scary, that whole bit? Yeah. Yeah, it's that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, strings. Strings are great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we meet the Hesses. They're having a barbecue. Dad kind of forgets about the barbecue because there's you know, more important shit happening. The kid's like, you're going to burn the fucking aliens. Yeah. I love the kids. Like, he's going to burn these again. <laughs> like, uh, pretty serious shit happening right now, Rory. But um, the corn has been pressed and there's a big crop circle which is unnerving if i found that in the backyard i'd be fucking terrified yes indeed um we learn over the course of you know random dialogue that uh graham used to be a reverend or a minister mm -hmm. and uh he lost his wife and that kind of destroyed his faith in god and he's kind of just aimless right now thinking there is no divine power and shit just happens mm -hmm. and everyone in town kind of wants him to be like you know we need you back man we can't confess and Joaquin's like, yeah. oh, I'm here to help. Yeah. It's actually a good, fucking... you know, it's a good story development. It's like, okay, so this guy's it is. in a dark place. I want to see where yeah. he goes. I'm not, personally, I'm not religious, but I feel like this is a, a, I think this is sort of a religious movie, also because of the theory that a lot of people have about this movie, which I think uh, I'm pretty sure we'll get into later. But um, I feel like this is a religious movie done right. Um, I really like that story arc. You know, like I don't, I don't necessarily agree, but I like what they did with that. I like that he, I'm, I'm glad he, um, you know, at the very end, you can see him in, in his in his collar again. So, 
he got his faith back. I thought that was like really well done. So yeah. I'm I'm pretty I'm not really religious either. Uh I'm pretty against organized religion. Yeah. So it's weird for me to root for a guy to, you know, go back to God where it's like, yeah, yeah, Mel, great job. But I also feel like this might sound a little weird, but I feel like God, I know some people, you know, you know, they, most people agree that he's real, but I feel like, you know, um, in in the science universe, God is canon and he actually does exist because of what happens in the course of the movie, especially the very end. That's true. Yeah. I love the idea of God being like, Hmm. Graham Hess in Philadelphia is questioning his faith. Let's send some aliens to go <laughs> to, to fix this for him. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you question me. I will send an entire fucking alien race just so this one guy wakes up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be hilarious if the alien like all of a sudden like puts the kid down and is like, what do you think of me now, Graham? Oh my god, dude! Like, ah. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what my twist would have been. It's God. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, um, so they're trying to figure out, like, you know, who did this to our corn? They're pretty sure it's this, like, you know, folk band, Lionel and the Wolfington Brothers. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> they uh. Later that night, the little girl who has a habit of leaving full glasses of water all over the place, which I, I'm not a parent, but that would irritate me. I've done that. I'm not going to lie. When I was when I was living at home, oh, my God, dude, my room had so many cups in it. Probably because of this movie, I was like, I was like, oh, God, if aliens come down, all I got to do is reach over and splash water in its face. I'll be OK. <laughs> Fair enough. And it does save their lives. So, you know, everything happens for a reason, which is what they're kind of going for here. Yeah. Um, but she comes up to dad in the middle of the night and it's like, there's a monster outside my window. Can I have a glass of water? And I remember thinking like, is there, what did you just say? What does that mean? And (laughs) yeah, Mel goes to tell, you know, assure the girl that, you know, mom's still out there. Or maybe he, maybe she isn't. I don't know what to say to you right now, child. And he looks up. Yeah. Fucking alien standing on the bar. (laughs) That part is, I don't think it's as scary as the Brazilian scene, but man, it's fucking, oh, it's so fucking scary. Silhouettes. You know, it's not, it doesn't look quite human. Yeah, but it it looks like it's in attack position and it's just, you're like, oh God, what was that? It's only a second. It's very quick. Yeah, yeah. Mm. In fact, if your resolution's like not right on the TV, you might not even see it. Exactly. But also, it's also creepy because like, who the fuck are you? Like, even if it wasn't alien, who the fuck are you doing on the roof, dude? Yeah. I love Meryl's like, we're going to kick his ass. And Graham's like, what? I can't do that. I may not. Oh, dude. I may not be a minister, but I'm still, I'm still a good person. (laughs) Meryl is one of my favorite people in this movie. I know there's only four people in the movie to like. Meryl is one of them. Yeah. Cause he's just, you know, he's a real, he's a real dude. You know, he gave up a, you know, baseball career to move back in with his brother after he lost his wife. He's doing what he can to help. And when assholes are gonna, you know, trespass, you can fuck them up. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot how funny this movie was. It is There's weirdly a... funny. Yeah, yeah. Like when they're outside, when they're standing in front of the door, they're about to go outside, 
And he's like, Hey, you gotta go out there and you gotta like you gotta curse. He's like, I gotta curse. He's like, No, it'll be weird if I curse, it's out of character. <laughs> and then they run around, he's like, get ready for an ass kicking. He's like, I curse. And he's like, I know, I heard. I love it. He's just like, ah, I'm insane with anger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they, they don't catch this thing. You just get you hear little clicks randomly in the movie to know that there's there's one nearby. Uh what is it with clicking? That it freaks me out, dude. This movie, The Last of Us with the clickers, you know, it's on HBO. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've been watching that. But the clicks are creepy because they are not human. And I feel like that's like a good way to tell when, thing, when something is not human. Yeah. I don't want to hear some like, you know, I don't want to hear Klingon. I want to hear something that I feel like I could not learn to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unnerving. And it just, you know, it it separates it from humanity. It's like, okay, this is not human. This is an animal. This is a creature. This is here to kill. Like yeah. there's no soul in this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the cops show up, this one cop who just keeps going to this house and is like, so, Hey, it might've been, you know, there's female Olympic jumpers out there who could probably clear a barn and walk. He's like, could we maybe move past this? Yeah. <laughs> At least like he's making a good point. Like we're not, this is going nowhere. I, I kind of liked that scene because he was like, he was like, look, I'm like, obviously he's, you know, he's the high, he was, he was a jock in high school. He's still, you know, a small he has some minor league baseball records. Like he's an athlete. Yeah. And I like that part when he was like, he's like, no, no, no. I understand, you know, like women can do the same thing men can do, but look, I am pretty fast. And this guy got off of my roof and ran into the field before I could catch up to him. That's that's creepy to know that like not only are these things you know inhuman and scary but they're also pretty fast. Yeah, <laughs> they just keep building up these things to be like you can't catch them, you can't fight them, you can't yeah. hide from them. They're gonna get you. That's that's what this movie does so well. It build it builds tension and I so before I I put this movie on today, I was like um, I didn't tell um, Katie what kind of movie it was. I was like, it's kind of a horror, but not really. It's a sci-fi. It's really scary, but I wouldn't classify it as like horror horror. It's a different kind of horror. It's very intense. And it just keeps building and building and building until it all breaks in that fucking basement scene at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, you know, a little bit of psychological, a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of thriller. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a spooky soup, what it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> One of my favorite eerie moments is when they're at the table talking to the cop and Abigail Breslin keeps coming up asking for like, where's the remote? And like, I can't change the channel. And he's like, why can't you change the channel? And she's like, cause it's same shows on every station. And they all go like, what? <laughs> cause yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like that scene. Cause you know, I, I don't want to be an asshole, but kids say stupid shit all the time. But one of them says, Hey, they're the same show is playing on all of the channels. To the kid, it's like, Hey, the fucking TV's broken. But to like adult, it's like, Oh, fuck. Like, there's an emergency broadcast on TV right now. Something went down. And yeah. what went down is crop circles around the entire world overnight. And I love the people who are like, It's a clearly well coordinated hoax. As if <laughs> yeah. anybody could ever coordinate that many people to be yeah. to pull that off. Yeah. Now, aliens make more sense than that shit. Yeah. That was the fucking liberals. Come on. <laughs> Just a bunch of liberal bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> They're turning our kids gay. <laughs> Don't let your kid in the crop circle to turn gay. Just like the frogs. Yeah. Goddamn. 
<laughs> Wake up, sheeple. Anyway, um, <laughs> they go into town for pizza and books and shit. Oh, uh, asthma medication. That's why they go. Yeah. And they all have a little, you know, town moment. Uh, the boy whose name escapes me. Rory and Abigail. I'm just going to go with their actors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes into the bookstore and is like, I want a book on aliens. And the guy's like, they're selling soda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. I love that. That's the shit we rationalize crazy shit with. It's like, clearly, this is a global ploy to sell yeah. generic, like, cola. Which, like, I I could kind of see that happening in today's age. Like, uh, what move? Oh, Smile. Smile just came out. And for one of their ad campaigns, they bought a bunch of tickets at a baseball game yeah. and they put them in the stands. Yeah, dude. Kinda, yeah. That's awesome. Do you remember the, um, the marketing campaign for it that got wildly out of hand. Oh, the clown sightings. Yeah, that's how it that started. It was it was it. It was like they were promoting it, and then other people, other unpaid clowns, started coming out of the woodwork and starting shit. Oh shit! I didn't know that it was for it. Yep, that's how it started. But then other people were like, "We're dressing up and freaking people out. Let's go." And there were oh, damn. There were break-ins. There were assaults. It happened in San Marcos, like not too far from me. Like somebody, some clown broke into somebody's apartment. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah, unbelievable. So yeah, viral marketing it does exist. It 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 does get crazy, but globally, for soda, I don't no, know. For soda, so, soda, no man, new no. <laughs> soda's doing just fine. It doesn't need to start bringing aliens into it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking uh, of soda, this is a little break. Did you hear that Sierra Mist is not being made anymore? I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, I, I, they replaced it with something called Starry. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm curious. Oh, is it on shelves like now? Yeah, you can get it. I've seen it at gas stations and just. Oh, I, I might try it. I bet it's I just gonna taste like you know not as good Sprite. That's what Sierra Mist always was. Yeah, yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, well, if I see a commercial for it, I'll I'll think of science. There you go. Uh, Meryl goes to the recruitment office because he's thinking of joining the army. And I love the military guy who's like, you know, it seems to me like this is a scouting party. Yeah, you send in a few to see how the water is. And then, you know, they give the report and then you send in the invading force. It's like, fuck, dude, stop talking. Yep, exactly. I like Meryl's like descent from like, no, nah, dude, this, you know, this is all just bullshit to like a oh, fuck wearing a tinfoil hat. <laughs> Sitting in the closet with the TV. It's like, it's for the children's sake. Yeah, <laughs> I love the the weird like when the military guy realizes he's you know Merrill Hess the baseball hero and he just asks him the weirdest questions like why aren't you in the majors making millions of bucks and getting your toes licked by beautiful women? Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and the guy's like, no, no, you saw one game, man. He has the what do you say? He's like he has he also has the record for the most strikeouts because he swings at everything. Yeah, he, just, he ignores the coach's advice. He, he swings every time. And Joaquin's like, you know, felt wrong not to swing. Like, that, buddy, that, no, that's not, that doesn't make you a hero. It makes you a bad athlete. It will later. Oh, Good yeah. <laughs> felt wrong. Yeah, swing at the alien as much as you want. But, you know, maybe time your shots with the baseball. <laughs> then you'll get your toes licked by beautiful women. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> hey, maybe Joaquin Phoenix will get his toe licked in fucking... Joker 2. 
Probably. I mean, Harley's done weirder shit for him. Yeah. I hope that doesn't suck. I hope it doesn't. Uh, I said that about the first Joker, and I was, you know, I didn't think it was great, but it was, you know, good. You know. Uh, So, um, Mel goes to the drugstore and hears out, you know, a confession because this lady cursed at her asshole boyfriend. (laughs) She she was like, "Is douchebag a curse?" And he's like, "It depends on the context." And she's like, what about John? You're a douchebag for kissing so-and-so. And he's like, yeah, to curse. And she's like, oh, well, in that case, it's not 37 at 72. <laughs> I love that he's like, look, I, I don't want to do this. And she's like, please, my soul is at stake here. <laughs> yeah. I don't think God's going to care that you said douchebag a bunch of times. Yeah. I love when she's like saying, you know, there was a couple like shits and bastards. Like she's like mouthing it quietly. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they all go home they all go for pizza and ray reddy drives past and they all kind of look at him like uh we haven't seen him in a while he's the guy who fell asleep at the wheel and killed mom yeah but i like how you don't know it yet it's like the kid's like is that him it's like yes kids that's like Shyamalan. <laughs> that's the man who who's making the movie for it that's him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, son. That's the director. That's hilarious. <laughs> you see him? He made Unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's going to ruin that scene for me now. That's all I'm going to think. Of. <laughs> oh, they go home. Bo, right? Is that the kid's name? That's the girl's name. Morgan. Morgan, Morgan. Is, the, is the boy's name. Thank you. Really bother me. Morgan has the baby monitor. He's like, I'm going to use this as walkie-talkie, and nobody has the yeah. heart to say like, you need two. Yeah, but he's picking up a weird signal on this thing, and you know, everyone's kind of like, come on. But then you know, they start hearing the clicking, and Merrill's the first to be like, we got to, we got to preserve the signal. Like he changes yeah. immediately. <laughs> and yeah, that's a creepy scene where you realize like, okay, they're this is real. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's but the scene when they go on the top of the car, that's like such an iconic shot. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and then from there, <laughs> I love the the Brazilian party scene, but the scene where that you actually see the lights in the sky on the news that that got me this time more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Just dread, dude. Oh my god. Because there's there's literally nothing you can do. If they want to destroy the planet, they can and they will. There is nothing that you can do. I love all the speculation. Everyone's like, you know, oh, they're probably here to harvest, you know, our resources. Or somebody's like, no, no, they're here to harvest us. It's like, oh, they're probably hostile. They're gonna, you know, they'll return in a thousand years with more ships. And it's like, how do you people know anything? Stop it, you're scaring me. Yeah. I really like that scene. With uh, when they're on the couch and the kids are asleep, like the little speech that uh, that he gives to Meryl, yeah, yeah, that was really good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote that. Let me see if I can find it in the quotes because that is a great moment, a uh, great character moment for, for Mel, where you get to see you know, you get a little glimpse of like, oh, maybe he's you know, a little bit more hopeful, but no, he ends with like, yeah, there it is. People break down into two groups. When they experience something lucky, group number one sees it as more than luck, more than coincidence. They see it as a sign, evidence that there is someone up there watching out for them. 
Group number two sees it as just pure luck, just a happy turn of chance. I'm sure the people in group number two are looking at those 14 lights in a very suspicious way. For them, the situation is 50-50. Could be bad, could be good. But deep down, they feel that whatever happens, they're on their own. And that fills them with fear. Yeah, there are those people, but there's a whole lot of people in group number one. When they see those 14 lights, they're looking at a miracle. And deep down, they feel that whatever's going to happen, there will be someone to, there to help them. And that fills them with hope. See, what you have to ask yourself is what kind of person are you? Are you the kind that sees signs, that sees miracles? Or do you believe that people just get lucky? Or look at the question this way. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? What happened to that M. Night Shyamalan? I know, dude. That's such a fucking good monologue. And then I like how what Meryl says. At first, it's like, it's like, oh, come on, dude. Like, you're going to bring up a party where you almost like kissed a girl. But then he's like, yeah, but then she almost puked. And I'm really glad she didn't. Yeah, I had, you know, I've had those moments of like, if I had acted differently just for a second, my life would be very different. Like, yeah. I have one instance that I always think about. Uh, I was driving home once and uh, I stopped at a light. Uh, the light turned green and I dropped something like my, my mounted, like my, my phone mount fell off and I like, you know, leaned down to get it. And then I drove as I leaned down, a truck ran the red light the other way, like on the other direction. Oh shit. Like a fucking semi truck, like a big truck ran the light. And if my phone hadn't fallen, if I hadn't leaned to get that, I would have been plowed by that truck and I, I would probably be dead. Holy shit, dude. That's crazy. That happened about 10 years ago and I it never leaves my mind. Every day I think like that could have been it. <laughs> Holy shit. That's crazy. There was your sign. <laughs> yeah, that was my moment. Creepy. But yeah, you know, Meryl's point is like, yeah, if I had if I hadn't been chewing that gum, she would have puked in my mouth and I probably would have yeah. needed a lot of therapy. But the the part that it, it, it gives me chills every time I watch it, when he's like, okay, well, group are you in? And he's like, well, are you comforted? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, then it doesn't matter. That's like, that like drove home the point that he has given up. Yeah. I'm trying to find that bit too. I love it. Where he's just like, we are on our own. There is nobody out there looking out for us. Yeah. Oh, to hear that from a minister. <laughs> yep. I'm not even religious, but it fucking hurts. Yeah. Oh, man. But it, you get it, you know, like if I was a man of God and God took the woman I loved away from me, I would I wouldn't have any more faith. Like why have faith in, you know, in something that's going to do that to me? Yeah, especially like that happens. And then six months later, fucking aliens come to invade, dude. Oh, my God, dude, you, you lose all faith. How bad is your life when alien invasion is strike two? Yeah. Like not that's not the nail in the coffin. Bad news comes in threes. Like what else is going to happen to these people? Yeah, man. That's why like I don't, don't want to get like personal, but like that's why I don't really I'm not super religious because there's so much bad shit in the world. Like why would if God did exist, why would he allow it? Especially in my job. I'm in the medical field. I see so much fucked up shit and I'm like like so, some of the patients I deal with, they're like, "Oh, you know, I just pray to God every day I'm going to get better." I'm like, "But like why why would he put you in the situation?" No. Yeah, it's a good point. I need more than that, you know. Like same with aliens. Like if there's a god, I I would like to. You know, I have some fucking questions, man. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. The Crusades, Salem witch trials, Inquisition. Yeah. Like you just what sat there with popcorn. Yes, and the people say it's hilarious. Like, it's, it's like people are like, oh well, God gives his 
hardest battles to the strongest warriors. I'm a fucking human. I'm not Link from Legend of Zelda. Okay, I'm not Kratos. I'm just yeah. a normal dude. And where are said warriors? Like, <laughs> I'm thinking first one that pops into mind, Joan of Arc. What do y'all do? You burned her at the stake for being a yeah. woman. Like, I don't know. Maybe, you know, the one who says, you know, God told me to be an awesome warrior and then pulled it off. Maybe we just leave her alone. Yeah, exactly. I often think of the quote from Spy Kids 2 that's like become so fucking yes. prevalent. It's brilliant and it's out of Spy Kids fucking 2, which I still can't believe. You know, <laughs> do you think God sits in heaven because he too is, you know, fears what he's created? It's like, fuck, maybe. Maybe killing maybe. each other all the time. I wouldn't want to come down here yeah. either. Maybe he did exist, but he was like, okay, these people are fucked up. I'm not dealing with them anymore. Yeah, maybe we're, you know, just, you know, bat, a game of Sims that got out of control. <laughs> no, don't take a shower. Eat. You are dying of starvation. You ever see Free Guy? Yes, I loved it. Yeah, I did too. It freaked me out if that was the case. It's like, oh, so this is just not normal for the real world. <laughs> Apparently, uh, they were going to make a Sims movie. Was that what that was supposed to be? Or I don't know. I don't know. A lot of video game movies like rarely get traction. Like they were making a Sly Cooper movie like a while back that they had like, oh, you know, no, they released like part of a trailer for and then it just disappeared. Oh, so yeah, might have just been in a you know, premature announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the Dr. Bimboo book because this guy seems to know everything about these creatures, which is very weird. Yep. Just, they'll be hostile. They'll probably be about, you know, six foot with, you know, the gray skin, big eyes. Yeah. Like, dude, did you, like, did they help you with the book? Like, how do you know this? Yeah, they're going to be guys. They're going to have, like, a weird, like, thing that comes out of the wrist. Uh, you know, they'll be allergic to water, you know. And by the way, here's your house, dear reader. <laughs> yeah, th- that part is creepy, man. Yeesh. All right. Let's get to M. Knight's cameo as Ray Reddy, the guy who killed Mel Gibson's wife. And he's just sitting in the in the in his driveway with his car packed, being like, I think they don't like water. Like, well, you would know, wouldn't you, M. Knight? You wrote the damn thing. Uh, the only explanation for why he would know that oh my god dude yeah uh weird that he's like there's some there's an alien in my cabinet i better call the guy who probably wants me dead yeah don't call the cops call mel gibson i mean to be fair if i had an alien in my pantry i too would probably call mel gibson yeah that's fair yeah hey man you've dealt with this thing before help I need Mad Max's help right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, he tells, you know, he apologizes for what he's done. You can tell. I love that Mel Gibson performance in that scene is great. When he's just like breaking and trying to not like kill this guy. But he's like, I want to forgive you, but I don't know if I can. You know, like, oh, God. And then he's just like, by the way, there's an alien in the pantry. And he just leaves. Yeah. But they, I got the impression that they knew each other beforehand, before he killed his wife. Small town, yeah, you you know the local, minister knows the local vet. Yeah, for sure. Sad. So Mel goes into the the house and is like, huh, I should probably check this out. Well, he's like, I have the police with me. I am a police officer. (laughs) Yeah. 
He's like, I got the rest of you, and you went in the paddy wagon. And he's like, oh. he's like, what the fuck did I say that? <laughs> Guess the knife looks under the pantry. The hand comes out, tries to grab him, and he's like, ah, cuts off its fingers. Get this unearthly shriek. Okay, okay. For that scene, new and night Shyamalan would have had a jump scare on the knife reflection, which is what everybody would, you know, they they would see that coming. But he didn't. He almost left the house, and then he fucking comes back, and it's like very quick. He grabs the knife, ducks down, and there's the hand. Yeah, it's weird. You know what? This this scene freaked a lot of people out. I had it, like it did nothing to me. No, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't scary at all. But I know I I I've seen this movie many times. But uh, this is the only time I noticed that this alien was the alien at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. They leave their wounded behind, and he's missing two fingers, which means he ain't getting on the ship. Yeah, I, I realize that at, at the end. But also, well, I'll I'll get into my thoughts at the end of the movie. Toward, toward okay. The uh, the birthday party. The scene that scared the fuck out of everybody who ever saw this. Uh, it's done so perfectly. You know, Joaquin's watching uh, the news, and the news person's like, uh, we got some footage. Uh, <laughs> brace yourself. Uh, this is quite, quite jarring. Instead of being, you know, if I was the news person, I'd be like, oh, alien, we got him on camera. Yeah. <laughs> like, Brace yourselves. And it's recorded at a birthday party in Brazil that M. Night like did with a handheld camera, did that himself. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. And Joaquin's like, Vamanos, children, get out of the way. <laughs> Always makes me laugh. And it focuses on the alley. The kids are like, look at that. And the music kicks in, and you just see it like, whoop, get out of the bushes and be like, blah. And then <laughs> walk yeah. through. He was deliberately like, boo. <laughs> and then yeah. got, got through the alley, and everyone's just like, Every asshole in the world puckered, and you're just like, "Oh my god!" Like, oh fuck, aliens are here. This is real. The lights in the sky could have been fake, but this is legit. Like, okay, yep. There's that. I've been calling him Alan. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> the whole time I've been watching this movie, oh, there's Alan. <laughs> Alan the alien. I like it. Uh, so now Joaquin's also wearing a tinfoil hat. Uh, they vote on like what do we do and Mel's like well they probably don't like water M. Night Shyamalan told me that (laughs) um, maybe we go there spend the weekend with the guy who killed your mom or we just stay here and they vote for stay here and he's like I vote twice and a couple of the kids like that's bullshit like immediately yeah yeah that was good but I also like when they were like, well, how do you know that we'll be safe here? And he's like, well, because they can't open pantry doors. <laughs> like, to be fair, like in that scene, I don't know if you noticed, but like there's like a piano in front of that door or something. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they can open doors if there's not shit in front of it. Yeah. But they decide, you know, they're staying here. So they board up the house and they're like, well, last meal, what's it going to be? I love that they're all like, let's get nuts with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's a good scene too, man. Shyamalan, what, what the fuck? Where, where, where did you go, man? Because this scene is great because it's like, because Meryl is like, we well, should just eat quick. And I forget his name. What's his name? The Reverend Mel Gibson character. Graham. Graham. That's right. 
he's like, he's like, no, no, you're right. Spaghetti sounds great. And he like, what does everyone want? We'll make that. Yeah. And they do. Cause he, cause Graham has given up completely. Yeah. As far as he's concerned, this is the last meal they're having. Might as well enjoy it. Yep. Exactly. Crazy. So they, they make French toast and mashed potatoes, spaghetti, bacon, cheeseburgers, and chicken teriyaki. Yep. Pretty amazing. They whipped all that up in like an hour. Yeah. I, just like, uh, cause the tension that this movie is building at this point in the movie, I mean, you, you saw me when we watched Skin and Marine. Tension in movies gets to me uh, a lot. So I'm like, holy fuck, guys. Like, you got to, like, eat and, like, hide, turn off all the lights, like, now. Yeah, like, the aliens aren't outside waiting for, you know, the French toast to brown. Also, this is, um, that's uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother. Yeah, one of, um, yeah, there's, a, there's three Culkins. There's Macaulay, Rory, and Kieran. Yeah, but um, I think it's funny that uh, Macaulay Culkin had his final meal before his house got invaded, and now Rory is getting his last meal before his house gets invaded. Oh, I never even realized that. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he still acting, Rory? Yeah, they're they're all still doing stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of them was in Scream Four. I don't remember. I think it was it was Rory or Kieran. I don't remember what. I think it was Kieran. Yeah, because Rory looks really familiar. That might just be because he looks like the Home Alone kid, but eh. um, all right, let's see. Rory Culkin was also in. Oh, he's the one who was in Scream Four. Oh, okay, yeah, he's done some stuff. Yeah, they're all they're all still in the biz. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that he's also got his home invasion movie. That's way darker. He's <laughs> like shit. I would love if they set up some Home Alone style traps to take out these aliens. Yeah, I know. Paint can to the face. That hurts no matter what species you are. <laughs> yeah, I I thought of that. So I thought of Home Alone. And then I watched this, which is a home invasion movie, but with aliens. And then I also watched the new episode of The Last of Us, which is about Bill, who is a character that booby traps his entire neighborhood. So I watched... Home Alone, which had booby traps, a home invasion movie without booby traps, and then another home invasion movie with booby traps. That's delightful. Mm-hmm. I, I kept thinking <laughs> during the dinner scene where Graham kind of has his breakdown and is like, you know, we're going to enjoy this meal, so enjoy it. Stop crying. <laughs> I, I kept thinking, like, I feel like stop <laughs> crying is heard at a lot of Mel Gibson family dinners. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. But then, you know, he, he just, like, they all just break down and start crying and hugging because they're like, we're going to die. <laughs> it's great. It's a great um, emotional moment. Uh, yeah, it was. That that part, man. When he just like breaks down and cries. Yeah. While he's eating then, mashed potatoes. You, have, you know how yeah. hard it is to cry when you're also eating mashed potatoes? Yeah. Pretty hard. Uh, and it, and it, the aliens show up and they go to the basement. And I love the little hand under the door. Oh, man. The hand under the door. And then when they're like, when they hear them. I want to know how many aliens were around their house. Just because thinking about how many there were, that's so scary. Yeah. Like, were they surrounded? Or is it just like, you know, two? Let's call them Harry and Marv came to this <laughs> house. Like, we that's why they take... couldn't get them. <laughs> yeah. The fucking numbnuts of the alien group got put in the, in the sticks. Yeah, exactly. All the big ones were in New York. <laughs> these guys were like we got a couple we got a family in the sticks got to take care of them let's send the dopes but damn dude like 
that part when they were like, okay, we're, we're okay, we're okay for now. And then it's like, oh, fuck the attic. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I love when they get to the basement and they're like, we're safe. And then there's that one in the coal chute that just like, Yuck. yeah, that was really creepy. When like, wait a minute, they're not trying to get in. They're just making noise. They're like trying to distract us from something else. So that guy in the coal chute just like lightly grabbed the sun and then what just gave up? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't get him. I guess we'll try another way. He just crawled back up there. Like he's not going to force that open and start strangling people. That was the Marv. That was the Marv. <laughs> Why the hell did you take your shoes off? Why are you dressed like a chicken? <laughs> An alien came down, covered him in like glue and feathers. I would. This would be the greatest movie of all time. No. <laughs> you just said you just said New York that the big aliens were in New York, and like this style movie in like a New York apartment building would be pretty cool too. I think. I think they made a movie of kind of. If you see Attack the Block. No, it's a British alien invasion movie that actually I think it's that concept. Like an apartment building is invaded by aliens. Oh shit! Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's got it's, it's got critical acclaim. I've heard it's really good. Like a like a rec style movie. Maybe it's a Brit. It's like a British sci-fi comedy horror. Oh, yeah, could be neat. Uh, so they just kind of waited out in the fucking dark. Yeah, he's like, hey guys, let's shut the flashlights off. Yeah, there was one two feet to the left a couple minutes ago, but I guess we'll just turn off all the lights. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, Meryl's like, hey, I found some light bulbs. And then they start listening to the radio and it's like, hey, they're all gone. They're leaving. They gave up. I I don't buy it. I feel like that was a false sense of security. And as soon as everyone was like coming out, like we're saved, then they struck. Yeah, like that's that's something I, I wanted to touch on earlier. There's no follow up in this movie, and as much as I I like to be you know movies to be ambiguous, um, no, I need closure. He said a lot of people died because a lot because it was a raid, not an invasion. They were taking people. Why? How many did they take? What's the aftermath? Are they going to be back? And also, it said that they left the wounded. How many fucking aliens are still on Earth right now that are stuck there that's going to be, like, walking around? There was one in the dude's house. Yeah, I wonder, like, were the, how did they, like, did they just, like, you know, like, rabid animals just, like, go into the wilderness and, like, hide in the woods? Or are they, like, you know, yeah. are they educated enough to be, I mean, they mastered space flight, so surely they have some manner of communication with, like, hey, truce? To like the world's governments, like, hey, can yeah. we just like go peacefully? We're sorry. Exactly. Like, how many are still left? I don't. There's a lot of. I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily say plot holes, but definitely questions I had at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's all kind of like they try to wrap it up in a bow when really, like, this is such a massive thing happening that you can't really yeah. make it. You know, a clean break here. Like, there's way too many questions to answer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the fact that this is a mass abduction movie because they were just grabbing people across the planet. Yeah, like, and then it's like, oh, yeah, they all left. A lot of people shit. They got what they came for. <laughs> yeah, so they won. Are they going to come back? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a bittersweet ending because the aliens won. This family just survived. That's, yeah. that's what happened. The aliens got what they wanted, but this, these people just managed to wait it out. But because this is the only family we follow, we don't care. 
This is all we all we care about is them. Yeah. Until the movie's over, we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I like to think that when when Meryl broke the baseball bat, beating the fuck out of the alien in their living room, that thing woke up with amnesia and was like, where am I? And they're like, the your name is Alan. You live with us now. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I think I did bad things. And they're like, no, no, that's not who you are anymore. And then signs two is, you know, Age of Alan. Yeah. He's a farmhand now. Yeah, His family wearing, goes back to get him. He's wearing overalls and a hat and he's like mowing the lawn and ship <laughs> lands and he's like, I'm not one of you. These are <laughs> these are my family. I am a Hess. I am Alan Hess. Go go See, away. The sequel is Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if like Knock at the Cabin turns out to be like signs too. So I don't know anything about Knock of the Cabin. I haven't even seen a trailer. I didn't even know that he was making another movie because I thought he was focusing on Servant, which is his Apple TV series. But that's great that he's making another movie. Hopefully it doesn't suck. I didn't see old, but I thought it looked okay, but I guess not. Yeah, it was a whole. Uh, Knock the Cabin is based on a book. So apparently they the book ending was way too controversial, so he changed it up. Uh Basically, this uh, this couple with their daughter in the woods are staying at a cabin, and this cult shows up and says, "We don't want to do this, but one of you has to die to prevent the apocalypse." And the whole movie's like, "Are they are they insane or is this real?" And them trying to like the the couple and the child have to decide who among them is going to sacrifice themselves for the good of humanity. But they're like, this is crazy. But then they start seeing things. They're like, holy shit, maybe this is real. And I, yeah, it looks intriguing. Let me um, put this on record now. Just based on the synopsis, I think I know what's going to happen at the end. One of the two couple is going to be part of the cult. And then they're going to kill the other one. And it's actually going to save the world from the apocalypse. Okay. I think the twist is going to be one of them is going to willingly sacrifice himself. And then it's going to turn out that it was bullshit. <laughs> oh, okay. They're going to be like, yeah, we're crazy. And bye. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm, I'm planning to see it this weekend. So we'll see if it, you know, turns the, out to suck. The M. Night Shyamalan twist. Ashton Kutcher pops out and is like, you've been punked. I wish so many of his movies would end so much better if Kutcher just showed up <laughs> out of nowhere and it's like, ha! <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so this whole time Morgan's dying because they don't have his medicine. Oh, God. I forgot how hard that scene was to watch, man. That that's such an intense scene. Yeah. I mean, I don't have kids, but I felt like I had kids during that bit. I'm like, oh, get him, get the medicine. Is he gonna yeah. be okay? Is he gonna be okay? And Mel Gibson's performance there is fucking perfect, I think. <laughs> and then the, I love the part when he says, "He's like, why would you do this? I hate you." And I like that. Because I feel like he has his faith back, but he doesn't. He doesn't like God. He he hates him. Yeah, he's tired of this shit. He's like, I why why are you picking on me, bro? Yep. He says, not again. I hate you. Well, I love when Mer- when Merrill's like, I can take a lot of things, but I the way your eyes looked last night, I don't ever want to see your eyes look like that again. Like you got me. <laughs> like he's like deal. As long as fucking aliens don't invade our planet again, he's like, I can lose hope. You can't. Yeah, that was that was good. I always get old, choked up 
when Morgan comes back to life and is like, did someone save me? And yeah. Graham's like, yeah, I think someone did. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> Every Literally, time. Like, God. Oh, man. But, dude, it's like, see, that's why. Shyamalan, where the fuck did you go, man? Everything at the end of this movie, everything, dude, the water ties perfectly together. And then he even says, he's like, this is why you have asthma. None of the poison got in. This Mm -hmm. is why you have asthma. But again, no, because if God existed, why the fuck did he let this happen? Well, I think the uh, there's one answer, which is that he's a very dangerous sociopath who loves watching us suffer. I hope that's not the case. Exactly. Because that's a great case for the church. That's a great case for the Church of Satan right there. Yeah. But also, the other theory, the biggest theory about this movie is another reason why I think God, quote unquote, would allow this to happen is he didn't, and that these aren't aliens. These are all demons. Mm. I love that theory. Let's get into it. So it changes the whole movie. The movie's about, you know, faith versus, you know, fate versus coincidence. That's what this this is. Yes. And it doesn't really make sense to tie, you know, alien invasion into that because mm-hmm. it's not spiritual. You make it demons, then 100% this is like, oh, shit. Okay, so this is a test of faith. This whole thing is a challenge of faith, good versus evil. And, you know, Graham is God's appointed warrior. Yeah. I mean, you know, it makes sense. The, the biggest evidence for this is the water. The reason water would hurt these guys in that house is because this is a reverence house and that is yeah. holy water. That's holy water. The only like counterpoint I've heard to this theory is like, okay, how did other people beat them? But fucking churches exist everywhere. What do you mean? And if enough people use holy water, and I guarantee you there are religious people who are like, oh, these are demons. We're going to fight them with holy water and churches and shit like that. Plus, the news person even said, hey, a lot of people are finding refuge in churches and synagogues, and the aliens don't go there. So they probably landed here, started the invasion, and the quote-unquote primitive way of fighting them was probably just like praying or, I don't know, like what they did, using holy water. Or, or you know, Merrill successfully takes one of these things down with a baseball bat. Maybe you can just beat the fuck out of demons. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because the water doesn't beat him. It just burns him. Yeah, I would love to see how things went down in like, you know, Philadelphia, like in the city. A bunch yeah. of bros just being like, fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I would love to see, you know, a squad of aliens has nothing on a bunch of Eagles fans. <laughs> yeah. Or no. fucking in in New York, it's like that uh that the train car scene or whatever from Spider Man. Was on a train car? When when they're like, hey man, if you wanna if you wanna get to him, you gotta go through all of us. But it's a bunch of New Yorkers, an alien is like abducting a human, and they all come out and they're like, hey man, you pick on one of us, you pick on all of us, and they all just start beating the shit out of an alien. I bet that happened all across the country, especially <laughs> yeah. in America. Yeah. 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 I wanna see, you know, like aliens versus the bloods or some shit like that. Like, <laughs> has that movie been made yet? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, man. Yes. Uh, but I subscribe to the demon theory. I think it makes oh, yeah. way more sense. I think it paints the movie as like way more spiritual yeah. and it's, it's cool. And it, you know, a lot of people's problems with this movie is like really water hurts aliens. Why the fuck did they come here? It's, it's mostly water. Yep. Yeah. I get that. But if it's holy water, they're not prepared for that. Exactly. Yeah. Right on. 
I like that. And that's also why I think God is canon in this movie. I think in this universe, God exists for for sure. Yeah, and if you question him, he's gonna he's gonna make his presence known in a big way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would have loved if, like, at the end of this, Meryl or uh, Graham looks out the window and there's just like some old guy in his corn who's just like gives him a thumbs up and then fades away. <laughs> oh God! And then oh no, no, that was gonna be a stupid fucking joke. I was gonna be like, and then Graham has an idea to build a baseball field <laughs> in this field of corn. <laughs> If you build it, they will come. Who will come? We already. Who, who's gonna come? <laughs> Please no, 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 not again. <laughs> oh, there you go. Field of Dreams is the prequel. He built it, and they came. When I was a kid, the first thing I ever wrote was a short story about an alien versus predator baseball game. That's how they settled their differences. I had just seen AVP, and I was like, "This is the coolest <laughs> movie ever." So I wrote like. I think it was like the Andromeda aliens and like some, I don't remember, like the Pluto predators or some shit like that. And they had a baseball game and that's how they settled their differences. That's great. I got to find that. It's in a box somewhere in my parents' house. I got to find that. That's wonderful. Oh my God. Yeah. So sometimes aliens have problems and they got to settle them with sports. We saw that in space jam. It happens. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, Graham's like changed by this whole thing. He's like, clearly there is a God. My wife was hit by a truck so that she could warn Joaquin Phoenix to go ape shit with that baseball bat. Yeah, that's another thing I really like. That's another like good tie up of this movie. Like she said, see, like look around the fucking house and tell him to swing away. I know it's a very emotional moment and it's a beautiful bit where he's like, is this the last time I'm going to talk to my wife? It's like, oh, fuck. It's a very emotional moment. I would have laughed my ass off if she was uber specific. She's like, in six months, there's going to be an alien invasion. <laughs> I'm going to need you to make sure oh my Morgan God, has his dude. medicine. You're going to be locked in the basement without it. Get get Meryl, that baseball bat, tell him to swing away at that son of a bitch. <laughs> listen, I don't have time. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't got a lot of time, baby. Listen, aliens. Why aren't you writing this down? Why aren't you writing this down? <laughs> and he's like, fuck it. She's gone. Pull the plug. Pull the truck. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Also, also, that's another, I think, point to the demon theory is because she was dying. So she was like, you know, going to heaven. And, you know, that's like he was like, hey, like Satan's planning an invasion in a couple of months. Like, come on. <laughs> I wonder how many other people on Earth got, you know, who were dying in that moment, got a little bit of like, you know, <laughs> crop circles. <laughs> just a, 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 everyone got a little bit of information and she yeah. got swing away <laughs> i'm trying to i, I want to think about it more but i want i know that i just meant like you know look at the baseball bat and tell him to swing but i feel like there's a message there but i'm too fucking stupid to like realize what it means and i've been trying to unravel c for a long time trying see, to think, like, what does that mean believe have faith yeah probably why not just say believe? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess telling your you know, reverend husband believe is a little redundant. He's like, I do. Do you see what I'm wearing around my neck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it you know, it, it ends with Graham going back to the cloth and accepting, you know, God is out there and he saved my family after he splintered it. But you know what? He made good on it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Meryl saved his family, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) He had a strikeout record saved this this household. Do you think he's still enlisted? After I just beat an alien to death, I I feel like I could take on the world. (laughs) I would have caught, I would have gone back into minor league baseball and been like, I can swing all day. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's science. I I love it. It's a great watch. It's tense as hell. It's really fun. It's weirdly funny at times, and it's creepy as shit. It really is. This is this is like my kind of horror movie. I I do you know I um jump scares and all that you know they're great and everything, and I will jump at them. I'll I'll even scream at them. I mean, you saw me in Skin of a Rink. I covered my eyes for the whole movie, expecting a jump scare. But tension and atmosphere to me is what makes a horror movie truly scary. That's why I I like horror video games more because they do a better job in general of building atmosphere. But this movie gets it so fucking right. It is so good. Yeah, atmosphere is king in horror. If you don't have a good, if you're not, you don't feel scared the whole time, it's not going to work. You know, you can you can throw shit out at me as much as you want. I'll get like, but it's not going to you know stick. I'll remember an atmosphere. Yeah. They ever tell you I I've said this to, to I, I I I do these with so many different people I forget who I told stories to. <laughs> but uh I read somewhere this somebody said that a jump scare a jump scare in a horror movie is the equivalent of a comedian making you laugh because he tickled you. <laughs> like, yeah, you laughed, but you didn't earn it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But like earned jump scares are are cool, but atmosphere like just 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 a i don't want to go to a haunted house ever i've never been i don't want to go because i am a, a pussy but I also you know i feel like it just clouds you with atmosphere and then it's just jump scare after jump scare after jump scare after jump scare and i don't want to fucking sit through that that's why i hate like i mean apart from being just shitty movies the nun the newer paranormal activities fucking annabelle it's that's all it's all it is is modern horror has just become Nothing but jump scares. And it's bullshit. Blockbuster horror was going there, but I feel like films like Smile and Barbarian, especially last year, were st- like were something that mattered, were, were creepy for like in their own way. Yeah. They, they weren't just jump scare movies, and those were big successes. So I'm hoping that that'll kind of help usher in a new era of more concentrated horror. Yeah, I think um, horror is coming back to being better because i feel like more people are coming out with you know fresh ideas and then also you know with the rise of you know know, like tiktok and the internet and everything people are like finally listening to what makes people scared and good horror and then you get a, a bunch of new filmmakers you know that are coming out here just like um you know edward ball he made skin of a rink i think i still sometimes when i think about it i still get chills um and signs, I still got chills because it's done right. So I, I am really excited for the future of horror. And this, this movie, I feel like could belong in today's horror. You know, I agree. Yeah. Here are some filmgasm facts for signs. Number one, the aliens were originally going to be invisible, but M Night Shyamalan couldn't get the effect he wanted. So well, I'm, I'm glad they weren't. Yeah, this wouldn't. They're horrifying in this movie. Oh my god! 
yeah, you see just enough. Like you don't really get yeah. a good look at them till the end and they look, you know, animalistic, like kind of like primitive Neanderthal human aspects. It's weird. Also, this is the only time I noticed. I mean, I didn't really notice. I mean, no, sorry. This isn't the, the first time, but their skin changes. And I really noticed that this time around. And it's it's cool. Like when the little girl's screaming and you see it on, on, the, on his back. That's yeah. creepy. Yeah, it's weird. They're, you know, they're hunters. They're designed for, or I don't know if they're designed, but they, you know, they're bred for invasion. Yeah. Uh, number two, the crop circles are real, as M. Night Shyamalan does not like using CGI. So he did real crop circles. You mean, you mean to tell me that, uh, oh, fuck me. Oh my god, what's his name? Oh no, Inception, help me. Christopher Nolan? Yeah, you're telling me that Christopher Nolan isn't the only one who planted crops to make, you know, scenes in cornfields? Apparently not. Apparently they use some sort of quick grow corn, like, enzyme that some local company was trying to, like, get their hands on. And M. Night used it to make corn grow fast so he could make crop circles. Film what he needed and then, you know, abandon the cornfield, I guess. <laughs> uh, and number three, the birthday party scene in this movie has been named one of the scariest scenes of all time by movie critics. So we're not alone on this. This movie freaked everybody out. Yeah, that's that's rightly earned. It is so fucking scary. Oh, my God. It's not even scary. Like, ah. It's scary, like, oh, fuck. People are, like, fucked. Yeah, it's like, I'm not laughing anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know what that is? That's not fear. That's dread. That's, okay, we're all going to die. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, it's it's unbridled terror. It's, you know, you don't feel that very often in films. Like, I'm, you know, you get scared all the time, but you don't get worried. Yeah, it's like that pit in your stomach you get when you realize that you fucked up and you don't want anyone to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's that feeling you get when you didn't take the chicken out and your mom is pulling into the driveway. You're like, shit, fuck. Oh, I I give signs an eight. Hold a special place in my heart because it scared me as a kid. And I, I think it still holds up as a terrifying, evenly paced sci-fi thriller. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to do one higher. I'm going to give signs a nine. I just think it does atmospheric horror so fucking well. The only reason I'm not giving it a 10 is because I feel like to make it a 10, um, I don't know, maybe make the dialogue a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Ah, I missed, you know, I missed what M. Night was capable of back when. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I cannot pinpoint like what the change was. Maybe we'll be able to do it on Beyond the Bad, but here I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, this was a blast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd, Filmgasm Productions, or Connor95 on Letterboxd. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can send us a message at any of those social media sites or email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Uh, check out our website, filmgasm.com, where we have reviews, articles, trailers of upcoming films, and every episode of our shows. If you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred podcast provider. We appreciate any donations.
Next week, we're going back to folk horror, but we're tackling Russian cinema for the first time with the 1967 movie V. A young priest is ordered to preside over a witch's wake in a small village, but things get spooky while he spends three nights alone with the corpse. The film is free to stream on Tubi if you want to watch it for yourself. I'm excited to check it out for the first time. This is another random poll from the book of Filmgasm. No idea what to expect here. Josh sings this film's praises. He's a big folk horror guy. So I'm excited. I think it'll be neat. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Spelled V-I-Y. I've been calling it Vi for God knows how long. He oh, okay. Right <laughs> uh, don't miss The Happening on Fridays Beyond the Bad and The Sixth Sense on Oscar Sunday. Until then, watch the skies and make a plan. You never know when crop circles might appear in your backyard. Take it easy. We'll see you next week.